Chris. What's up, Tom? I'm dying. Really? Should I call? No, it's someone? just. I don't know. I feel sick and miserable and gross, and I feel like nothing's right with the world. I just wonder. Do you know a cure for that? I have one thing that comes to mind. Oh God, what is it? Don't go see Joker. Yeah, for fucking sure. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your moment. No, there. no, it's just no, that no, you no, sort of, like, no. Led I'm, it I'm into glad. It. I'm glad you beat me to it. I'm glad I didn't have to be the one to do it. Oh my God, this is my favorite comic book villain like ever. And I just had is to it watch. Really? Yeah. Oh, no question. No question. The Joker has always been my guy ever, as long as Batman's been my hero. Joker's been my villain, and like. If so anything, for all this talk about Marvel, you're a anything, DC Ledger guy? If anything, Ledger cemented... No, I've always been a DC guy. I've just always been miserable with what they did with the movies, but because the movies just kept sucking. But I've always loved the DC... No, for the longest time, I loved the DC comics. I didn't give a flying fuck about Marvel. And then I started watching the movies, and the movies showed me, oh, hey, these characters can be kind of cool. If anything, I think the Marvel comics mm-hmm. just didn't hold up the way that I thought they would compared to no, how much no. I liked the movies. Marvel but. comics always felt like uh, I was too old and mature to read something. Like yeah. I, they never, I never felt like I like, was they the were, They're very audience. obviously for kids. This movie, yeah. though, Joker, yeah. is not only not a kid's movie. This is Todd Phillips' way of... Go- way of saying, hey, I'm not a comedy director anymore because in this day and age, you can't be... You can't make a comedy, otherwise they'll get slaughtered by the woke crowd, even though I don't think he actually knows what the woke crowd means, and I don't think he quite understands. Don't get me wrong, I get it, I understand where a lot of stand-up comedians and a lot of people who have worked in that field are coming from. Oh, I do, 100%. Like, I've watched Bill Burr's special, and i watched Dave Chappelle's special, and all that stuff about all of them talking about the Me Too movement, and how, like, that is, re- and how that idea has really kind of infringed upon and restricted a mm-hmm. lot of what they feel they can say with free speech, uh, and I'm all for that. Like, right. I'm, I'm all for those guys. It's almost guys. as if it's crippling their art. Exactly. I'm all for those guys being able to cripple their art, and I agree with what Phillips and Phoenix were saying coming out of Toronto, where they were talking about, we shouldn't, with, with, the, with how, like, people were so concerned with that, like, this movie was actually going to cause another shooting akin to what happened in The Dark Knight Rises. Fun fact, the actual, there were no shootings around the time of The Dark Knight. That was The Dark Knight Rises. And, um... Uh, I understand where they were coming from in terms of like, yeah, we're artists and you can't hold us accountable for something that somebody else could do completely randomly. You know, our movie cannot be held accountable to that and we should not be restricted because of something like that. That I was completely on board with. But then he goes on this rant about fucking comedy. I'm like, yeah, why would I want to keep doing comedy? You know, I'm just going to get caught by the, you know, by the, by the secret police or something. And then, right. He had that nonsense with Phoenix on where Kimmel. Where was this said? This was in his talks after Toronto, like when he was doing press right after Toronto. For Joker. Yeah, for Joker. Okay. And then he was on Kimmel. So a part of the press circuit. Yeah, and then he was on, and you know that shit happens. Tarantino's been fighting that shit for years, but Mm -hmm. um, he was on the press circuit, and like Joaquin, he was on Kimmel, and and they showed a clip, and I didn't watch the clip, but I, I know it was like filled with like all sorts of like... I don't know, like, it, it's just, it feels like to me, Phillips is one of those guys who is edgy, but not really because he has a reason for it. He's just kind of like, his whole thing is he comes from a comedy background, and he was a guy who, like, really reveled in for for what I like to call the Apatow era of comedy, which, as you know, was about oh. 2005 to 2009, and for a few years after, you know, we a lot of, gave us a lot of great comedies, and I've said this before, I love The Hangover, The Hangover is one of my favorite comedies ever, I love that goddamn Phenomenal movie. Phenomenal movie. Really, really well done movie, and... I don't know what the fuck happened, dude. Well, 
I don't know what happened. You know, here's the thing. I feel like it's so, and I don't want to get too down the political train, but but I will say this. He's right in a sense that, I mean, you know, it's like you shouldn't, this is the era of don't be afraid. Right. Right? Like, right. like Unless you're here, one of the people who's getting persecuted. Everyone's here to like protect you and, and be safe and right. like speak your mind. But yet I feel like speak, the, the but I feel like, so like everyone yeah, so wants to be Yeah, so why is it I'm feeling such an opposite vibe? Exactly. It's like, I feel like everyone's so for that until someone actually does speak their mind. Exactly. And then, and they're, then like, they're like, oh, oh you don't quiet agree. that person. That person's part of the problem. You don't agree with what I'm saying. Yeah. So then you just, yeah. And yeah. even if it's something mild, but that's, we don't need to go down the political yeah, right. rabbit hole like well, that. Well, I mean, well, and that's the sad thing is I feel like we do because that, because for better or for worse, it's become part of this whole thing. The By way of the press or Phillips or some awful combination of both. And like it, and write that back to when the script was leaked a few months ago. Well, not a few months ago, about a year ago it was leaked. And I'm like, you, you can't get away from it. This shit is so deeply entwined with it, and not to like uh, for for like a good area, a good reason. So my whole thing is that, yeah, we kind of have to talk about the politics. Bring it on, you know? Okay. Well, before let let's bring it on. But before we jump into that. Let's welcome everyone to our show. Hell Dom, yeah. A little bit of an extended intro. Everyone? A little bit of an extended intro tonight. But I think it's a good precursor yeah. to what we're about to get into. So why don't you just paint the paint the framework of what the next hour of entertainment is going to entail for them? I mean, the whole thing is we're here talking about The Joker, the new movie that just came out, directed by Todd Phillips, which of course is a one-off origin story about, in my opinion, the most famous and well-known comic book villain of all time. But the whole I, thing is this movie is not... Your typical comic book movie, right? This is no. not your older brother's comic book movie. This is not like a traditional, <laughs> straight-up origin story for a villain. This is a ruthless, gritty gangster movie set in seedy Gotham City, circa 1980s. Very Scorsese-esque. The whole yes. thing was that he was a... I think yes. they were... These Warner Brothers was originally courting him, um, back in... Uh, trying to get Scorsese to direct this, back in their whole... Holy shit, holy shit, Marvel is kicking our ass at every single turn. What the fuck are we going to do here? You take a project, you take a project, you take a project phase of around circa late 2016 to early 2017. And now they seem to be on the rise, but... And you know what else this isn't? What? Your normal movie review podcast. That too. Yeah. Because this, this is, is Talking TV. This is Talking TV, baby. We're back, another episode, and we're talking about Joker. So, yeah. Dom... You've been you've been saying a lot of great stuff. Yeah, I've just been talking a lot. It's been a little vague. I want to get into the but conversation. But you have though. a lot of points. Take us there. Okay. Take well, us there. Well, I mean, where, where 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 should we start? Because I have a lot of points. I need where do you, you want to start? I'm, I'm following. Fucking, I'm following you, your I, lead I, I, on this you one. You know how I work best, Chris. You know how I work best. And let's to, let's talk. Let's you know pick what? Each I want to brains I wanna, respectively. That's what we do. That's what makes this shit magic. We we held off our conversation in the diner. We we, we sort of yeah. flirted with what we were going to say in this conversation about Joker. So, what about the political? Wh why did you go straight to politics when we when well, we opened this so podcast? Because it's so all up? over this movie. Like this movie is so obviously trying to be like anti-Trump and anti-today to the point where you have riots against the Wall Street of Gotham. You know the rich and powerful. You know very similar to the Wall Street protests and marches that were happening a couple years ago. You know and like the well, like they, they even like they even compared this to like the financial crisis of 08 or something akin to the Great Depression or something like that. Where it's just this time of awful, awful feelings where everyone is angry, everyone is pissed off, people are losing their jobs. They just want to find someone to blame even though it's really nobody's fault it's really just a system of a shitty economy you know and of just like 
how the world works and how people work. And so you, you like that, that's what I mean when I say you can't escape from the politics because when you have a movie that is so deliberately apparent about what it's trying to say in terms of our modern day political stage, like it's impossible to get away from. You know, and with so you know, it's blatant. I think what this movie is about is is. It's it's more about the impact of the politics on society. Yes. On the little man, right? Yes. The person Very who tunes so. into the major news networks never has yeah. a chance at being on TV, never doesn't want a chance at being on TV, yeah. just wants to live a normal life, but still gets crumbled. Definitely. And that, one of the and one of the other interesting things I will say, one of the few things I actually did enjoy is seeing the dichotomy of seeing the right, you know, with them following Thomas Wayne and his and, and his mission to become mayor throughout the movie, as opposed to the you also had the left as well, you know, with the talk show host with Murray, the character of Murray Franklin portrayed by Robert De Niro. And um, what's it called? And so that dichotomy, you know, actually seeing both sides of the argument, you know, the, the more entertaining talk show hosts that only want to, you know, bring joy to people's lives versus, you know, the, the hard right wing uh, Republican and what the rich are actually doing in order to combat this threat, you know, the, the, this this societal disease, for lack of a better word. I mean, I feel like that statement there is fitting enough. Right. You know, I think that this movie, for all that I, I and then we, we should get into all that we because we, we kept saying over and over again, we really didn't enjoy this movie. Yeah. But I think like one of the things it actually kind of did right was not give a fuck. Yeah. And, 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 and that's it was what I so, liked so much about reading the script. You know? I, I read this and this was the, b- the movie that should... And absolutely, you're right. This was the movie that should not have given a fuck at all. If any of movie was going to say, fuck it, let's go all out, let's say it how it really is, then this would have been the one. Because it know? was it was draped in in political uh you know in in political yeah. uh, background and and meaning and it yeah. was it was draped in personal quarrel and it was it was just draped in like societal drama but like but Chris I have one question for you if all of that is apparent right and, and what do you you know why is it that I feel like all of that is kind of told to us and not shown to us did you get that sense. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is, even though it's draped and all that, it didn't really feel like it was about that. You don't get that it's about that. And that's understandable, considering the movie's called Joker, not Societal Purge of how Gotham is a symbolic representation of our current times that we live in. But the whole reason for why his motivation of what makes him go where he goes in the direction that he does is because Gotham is just such a shithole. And... I'm sorry, but at least for the first half of this movie, I don't think it did a very good job of portraying that. I really don't. Can I sort of like zoom out a bit? Oh, sure. Right? We're we're a little zoomed in right now, and I want to zoom out a bit. So... For yeah, a long went, time, like, really deep within like the first couple minutes. We haven't no, even no, talked no, about that's... Like, the actual character of the Joker yet. That's fine though, because this I think like this movie really only had one character. Yeah, and I think the secondary character was the theme. Yeah, it was was yeah, the sub one hundred percent the the sub. The sub storylines, not the sub, like not the not the supporting cast. I, I don't think they're as important in this movie as yes. they are in most movies. I think what's important in this movie is Joaquin Phoenix and the 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 drapings we all we all just spoke yeah. about. So I want to zoom out a bit because when I was reading, I mean I've been reading DC comics for pro- probably like four or five years now. I, I've always gravitated to them more than Marvel. I just always felt they were more mature. And I, I always felt they were more uh, intriguing and they just more thought provoking like this movie where we right. just instantly dove into right. so and, many. And, and that's the one thing you can say is that even though we didn't like it, that doesn't mean that it's still not a movie that we can have a discussion about. You know, if anything, yes. I think that makes it more fascinating to talk about. Exactly. It, it, it's not that this movie is bad because it, it doesn't offer anything. Right. It offers a lot. It does offer a lot. You just for have better, to want, worse, it does you just offer have to want what's being offered. Yeah. And, and the trailer for, for lack of a better term was 
Uh, not you know. misleading. I, I can't blame this as like being deliberately like misleading or too revealing marketing because it wasn't either of those. No, it just it just was a little yeah. vague, in my opinion. Right, but which, which is what it should have been to me. That's what good trailers are. Good trailers are supposed to be vague and only give but we you don't, the, we don't the type get those of tone anymore. that you're in for. We don't right. get those anymore. So right. I guess I felt those. a little misled because right. of that. But I guess it was more of like your traditional trailer, which. It's funny because it's everything I stand for that I'm now sort of complaining about. Yeah. But that's just because I want to zoom out. So let's let's zoom out, right? So I always thought it was stupid for the longest time in DC, my favorite comic brand, to have Gotham and have it always look like New York City. And then how they have New York City also exist in the DC universe. I was like, okay, this is this is dumb. Okay. Why are we doing this? And in this movie, it finally clicked with me that I think Gotham is such a beautiful place because it's sort of a way to over-dramatize personal quarrel with the way our society is being run, with the dirt in the streets, with the oversized rats, all the little subplots, right? All the little right. story-building character things without disrespecting, like, you know, a part of, like, America and, like, a, a huge part of the film industry, they used Gotham to me as, like, a scapegoat, and I like that in this okay. movie. And I like how dirty it was, and, and how every single character you met was down on their luck. Because I feel like if you, like, take time, and I think this is what this movie was saying, right? Take time to, like, see how your neighbor's doing. Yeah. Because if you really looked about how your neighbor was doing, maybe they feel the same way as you. They feel trapped. They feel beaten down. Right. They feel, like, you know, they, they feel pretty shitty and like they're in a shitty city and so i i like that gotham was sort of like the scapegoat secondary character in this movie you know what i'm trying to yeah. say and and like yeah they, they, this was the first movie where i feel like they really made gotham a character where as opposed to the Nolan right. movies with like the glossy sleeky look where it always looked like that upper rich level of like new york or chicago this you really like this gave me like the real like gotham city you know and like just this miserable like, the way that i would always perceive gotham gotham always seemed like the worst place to live like Ever. Like, I would mm-hmm. never want to live in Gotham with all that crime, you know? But I think to make to make a little more of a, a clear point on what I was saying, I, I, I just sort of like how unapologetic they were about talking about the shitty conditions and the shitty lifestyle that Gotham offers as, as sort of like, uh, hey, we're going to introduce this in the first 15 minutes and wake up America, wake up everyone, because this is like not just happening in Gotham; it's happening where you live too. Right? You know what but, I'm saying? Right, yeah, but but like we were both were saying, um, we we've been talking a lot, a lot about Gotham and the setting, and we, we both admit it's a very good setting. But this unfortunately is still a character story about the Joker to the point where you admitted, um, this is the everybody else feels right. secondary to the point where they like may as well like they're not even like there's no other character that has like any sort of a presence in this movie besides him. Like everybody else is just secondary to contribute. Yeah to his overall downward spiral. And yeah, I'm okay with switching gears. I just felt like Gotham was a character. Yeah. And, you know, it's like... And it's been a long time since we've a gotten a movie where the setting was like a real character. It's been a very long time since we've gotten a movie like that, so... Yeah, we don't live in a perfect society, and I, I kind of like how this movie was about the little man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was about... There, there was not a clear hero. The, and if anything... Well, obviously, the, it's about a fucking supervillain. Of course it's not going to be any clear hero. But, but there wasn't like a clear, like latch on to this guy and root for right. them obviously again that's not gonna happen that's not the type of movie this is and i like this isn't that. the type of movie yeah I so like in that. that sense yeah I, I absolutely get where you're coming from and that it's good counter-programming to kind of like important. for lack of a better word the whole hero's journey that motive, programming that, thank you that's where i was trying to find what 
that just the whole counter it's great counter counterintuitive yeah yes. counter programming mm-hmm. good counterintuitive counter programming is that a thing i don't know i don't care it but, makes sense though yeah now to bounce over a little bit because it's probably very misleading how we kind of kicked this off by saying we both fucking hated this movie meanwhile we're talking about like good interesting things this movie does here's the problem right all of what we're talking about is good and interesting in theory i feel like if that had actually been you know thought of beforehand in terms of actually utilizing the society and showing the degradation of how that factors into this character's psyche that would have been one thing the problem is i feel like a lot of that actually comes from the fact that we're told to feel that way and as a result we kind of are forcing ourselves to feel that way along with it when in reality it just feels like a manufactured bullshit hollywood situation where it's another world where everybody is a piece of shit Almost to the point where it's like, there are certain points where I don't believe that the characters would act this way. Yes, even in this miserable, awful situation. To the point where... What's the word I'm looking for? It feels like one of those movies that's trying to make a statement, but doesn't really know what it's trying to say. It has a lot of good ideas. It has a lot of good ideas, but it has no idea how to actually carry them through fully. and, And I feel like it's bouncing off of a lot of people's basic ideas of wanting to see something... And, 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 and in a way manipulating them because they're fooled into thinking that they're seeing something deep when in reality they're just being played yet another facet of Hollywood's continued liberal game. Right, and so here's the thing. For all of the political drapings and trappings this movie has, it, it, it also simultaneously felt like it was afraid to really take a stance though. Yeah. You know, they hinted at like, because if you look at politics right now, like New York... There's garbage on the streets. Los Angeles, there's literally people defecating in the streets. That's a fact. It's on the news. Any news station. Baltimore is overrun with rats. Yeah, Baltimore, yeah. But it didn't take a hard stance with the right or a wrong. It was sort of just raising awareness. Right. And for me, I think that with this character, you know, at the end, he clearly chooses. That's a, a, see, that's the thing. That's one thing I think I, I do think where you're wrong is I do think this movie took a stance. The I'm problem talking is about it, like Gotham as like a, if it was to be a character, it didn't okay. really take a stance. It more so just like painted a picture but like at the end like you know the joker clearly chooses the the path yeah. of evil but the, the other thing too is if we're talking about the rioters and everything that gets inspired by his actions it doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like how a riot should act it feels like a, a like a glorified like mob that rises to like, yeah. it's like it's like the slave revolt in spartacus that's literally what it is where, and i hate that feeling because that should not be the type of feeling that we get for a murderer we shouldn't. Right. He was know? a known murderer. Exactly. He's, he a has known countless murderer. bodies at that point. Well, yeah, not and countless, this ultimately, and this is where I hate, where this does bring legitimacy to the arguments him, against, but this does bring legitimacy to the arguments against why people didn't even want this made in the first place because they don't want another white guy who came from a shitty background who ended up murdering a bunch of people getting over glorified. And that's what comes back to the shootings and that's what comes out of the politics of it and why this stuff is important, even though everybody would like to pretend that it's not. Well, yeah, I mean, but, like, the Joker was created in the 40s, and he's he's right. white, but I don't think the skin color should matter well, with this not, character. Not besides the skin color, just but, totally different political, like, things, and when he was created, he was originally created as, like, an actual cartoon character. Like, the idea of the Joker has changed. The Joker, remember, like, the Joker used to be a literal clown, like, with, like, gadgets and stuff, where the whole thing is his gimmick was that his yeah, gadgets true. would kill you instead of, like, just doing the usual thing, but he was an actual clown, where now the Joker has evolved into this psychologically tortured character who's kind of the embodiment of everything wrong with the human condition, and in a way, like, speaking of the... Loss of words here, brain fart, but... You see what I mean, though? What do you mean? In terms of, like, how, how, the, how the character has kind of evolved 
in the sense of he's like the Joker that we have now or our idea of the Joker as a character is not the same as like Cesar Romero. You know, like you put Heath Ledger next to Cesar Romero. They're not the same character. Yeah, they have the same name. They're not even close to being the same character, you know? Yeah, well, he feels like a human now, less of, right. like, a supervillain. Definitely. It's, you know, definitely. But that's the thing, is that if we're talking about, like, combining, like, a real human being with the, the you know, with, like, kind of the mythos involved in the idea of the comic book character, I still think Ledger did it better. Because I still think he had just enough of the comic facade while still making me feel like, oh my god, somebody would actually be capable of doing this. As opposed to with Phoenix's portrayal and, and with Phillips' take in this movie, it's to a point where it humanizes him almost to a fault. You know? I could agree. I don't think there was any comic... I mean, there was the slightest comic feel, but it, it really didn't feel like I was watching a comic book character right, but, as and, much and as I was watching... And that goes into the whole approach of this movie where we cannot yeah. stress this enough. This is not a goddamn comic book movie. It, it, like, I'm sorry. So like and, and this isn't even a situation like Deadpool where even though it's rated R, it's still fun and it has a lot of fun action in it. This is not that kind of a movie. This movie's Please, not fun. Please, for the love of Christ, do not take your eight-year-old kid to see this. I cannot stress this enough. Like... No yeah. eight-year-old should be anywhere near this theater. Just because, any young yeah. child, yeah. yeah. And, but it didn't feel like a comic book movie. It right. didn't even feel like we were watching a movie about a comic book character. Right. It felt like a very intense... The, the problem is I felt like I didn't know what kind of a movie I was watching. And yeah. part of that At does come from the fact like that, yes, I did, there's never been a movie quite like this made. So I give it props in that sense in terms of, yeah, it gave me feelings that I never knew I had because, yeah, it's a, something I've literally never seen before. But other than that, that's just pure... That just goes back to shock value. And pure shock value. And aside from that, like, again, shock value is only good when it's used to enhance something that's already great. And we've already talked about too many creators who relied on shock value and only that to enhance their very meaningless stuff. And I feel like this kind of falls into that camp. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so. Where it's trying to shock you into feeling sorry for the Joker by, by you know, by showing you, like, oh my god, what somebody would do in these scenarios, but... The whole point of the movie is that it's supposed to show you what somebody would do in this scenario, you know? Well, one thing I think that we've sort of lost is the ability to enjoy something that is that takes time and that is subtle. I feel like a lot of what we see now has to be exciting. Like right. reality TV especially is 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 a big Right, very propagator. bombastic and interface. Like we talked about on our last episode with Ad Astra, I mentioned like the idea right. of oh, you know, screw trying to do old movies daily. Like could you imagine a modern day audience sitting through the shine and they'd complain 10 minutes in and say that it's boring. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, that some, one could speculate yeah. that that so might be so the you, case. So you're with, right. With this is a sense of where cost. they're trying to mix in the poppy, flashy substance with, you know, poppy, flashy um, spectacle with, you know, some more deeper themes with a movie that kind of takes its time. The problem there is that th this isn't the type of movie that warrants it. You know, this yeah. is the type of movie that has spectacle in it. So I feel like whenever they, the, the, you know, the, the, those shocking moments, I, I, I don't know. I, so, I, I, I really, this movie has me twisted for a loop, like... So that so that makes me think of this, right? I think as 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 many faults as I can find with the DC uh, you know movies and we know this isn't a part of the DC cinematic universe, but it's still a DC yeah. title. I like how they are a little less formulaic at face value. Yes. But they still this still followed a formula though, right? Yeah. Cuz cuz where I was going yeah, with the I, whole I, Yeah, people have compared this a lot to some of Scorsese's movies like specifically to Cat Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. But they're not as predictable no, as a Marvel not movie. At all. You know, they're not as like every hero's every Marvel movie is a hero's now journey. You're talking the regular like generic DC like regular superhero movies, not like situations like this movie. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm talking about, like, DC as a whole. I feel like they try and take a slightly different route, but I think the Joker, I think the, I mean, I want to assume the creators think this is, like, some real artsy, different thing, but but really, it's not. It's, it's not. It's really not. It's, Especially it's, since it embraces the Batman mythos in a way that I didn't think it was going to. Like, I like I knew that Thomas Wayne was a character in this movie, but I wasn't sure how much of an active part that he was going to have in it. And when I saw the little kid in the trailer and predicted that to be young Bruce Wayne, like, I wasn't expecting to be right. And I this goes back to the script. Like, reading those scenes and then actually watching them I in knew real life, his interactions with Thomas Wayne, with... um. With Alfred, like that was great. Those were probably my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, because they were the, subtle, yeah. and that's where subtlety is. I wish that movie had more of it. Yes, because I think that we would have felt more, not for the character, but from the character. If when he was on uh, the show that De Niro yeah. was hosting at the end, that was such a trendy way to kill De Niro. Yeah. just pull a gun out and kill him. It, it all great. happened so it was fast. Great, I loved it. It was a good moment. Yes, but I don't think it suited the film. I think that. All of the action and violence in this movie happened too fast. I just, uh, to me, it was like a pacing problem. You have so much long, drawn out, and then you just get to right. this quick explosion well, the and then it dies down. the thing that I'll say about that, that is that's kind of how you're supposed to feel. The movie is supposed to be like a very long, drawn out, miserable, torture, or, uh, tortured experience to the point where everybody just goes fucking nuts. Probably though, the best thing that I can think of is do the right thing, right? But about where, where do the right thing succeeds, where this movie doesn't, is do the right thing always makes you aware of the environment and what's going on you know it really makes its characters a backdrop and a part of this environment and the whole point of what makes that movie work is that there's a heat wave going on in brooklyn and fucking going back to our judges days you know with jordan stone you know yeah he even says like he when it's that hot in brooklyn it's a fucking nightmare and everyone nobody can focus on or get anything done because everyone is just so hot and miserable you know that's and that's kind of what i feel like this movie was trying to do the problem is because i don't have the because the movie doesn't start you off that way. It starts you off in the middle of the clown parlor. It doesn't start you off in the street. So you don't really get a sense of like where things are going, you know? And like when, when you see those kids, you know, take his sign, you know, when he follows them, it's not like he's doing that in the middle of like everyone, like you really get the good close-ups of people in order to like just see how miserable and awful everything is. No, it just looks like a regular New York street. And he's just like a regular clown, you know? So when it, the kids steal it, you know, it looks like, oh, they're just deliberately bullying him and shitting on him, you know? And that in my mind leads to, oh my God, this is going to lead to where everyone in this movie that's not him is an asshole, you know? And when and A, were. that's not the type of movie that this was setting out to be, and B, that's also a very very lazy Hollywood trope that I am sick to death of where it just evidence the main character just goes insane because regardless of his actions, everyone around him is just a miserable, awful person in some way. I'll tell you this much, man. I don't think you can compare this to Do the Right Thing because even though that... No, you can't. Do but I'm right. just using that as an example, you know. I like. understand what you're saying. It made sense. But I just think that, like, do the right thing is a little easier to follow, first off, because it's, it's you know, from start to finish, morning to nighttime. Also, it, it, it's, there's an explanation for the pacing. But yet, each scene doesn't overstay its welcome. Right. I think that in this also, movie... Do you think it also helps because there's more characters, and so therefore, because it's bouncing around so much, you can kind of never get bored, because even though you're in the same neighborhood, you're always, like, with a different character? No. So that, no, I, I I think that there's plenty of movies where, like Interstellar, where there's there's not a lot of characters in right. that movie. But there's but I was, spectacle where... But I wasn't bored, right. you know? It, I don't need a lot of characters to be stimulated. I just need good writing and good... And th- one thing I will say is that Joaquin Phoenix, I wasn't bored watching this movie. No, me neither. Like, that's the one thing you can't, you can't say. You can't say that you're bored watching this movie. I, I think what I'm trying to say is I think this movie suffered from 
everything was flashy, and I know that's who the Joker is, but he wasn't the Joker at this point in right. time. This was the sort of origin story. So I, I just don't think it felt realistic to what he would have been like for these crazy outbursts and these quick kills and and these like you know pursuing someone and like taking extra shots and wasting bullets unless he really was truly that evil in right. his heart from the start to, to pour extra bullets than he needed into that guy on the steps after he shot him in the subway scene well, the whole thing is that he's deranged and that's like his break from reality but mm, I, I didn't agree. believe it then but yeah i did it, not, not believe it enough. at that point it's and that's not, my problem with this movie You're i right. think i don't believe enough of what happens until the very end and then it's ruined by the mob being so infatuated with do you think it's because he's painted as too sympathetic a character? At, yes. at least in the beginning. Yes. You know? They tried to humanize him too much. Yes. And I think that's what I keep coming back to. And that's ultimately what, that's dude, what I was you're trying right, to say with Gotham back, earlier. That's problem. Is, that's what I'm coming again, back to. Again, it's everything that I was worried about we found from it. the minute. Yes. We found we, it. Yes. <laughs> is that, again, it's the thing that everybody complained about that Phillips himself tried to deflect. But yes, he humanized the Joker too much. You know, and I'm sorry, right. but besides taking away from the allure of what makes the character interesting in the first place, because the whole reason what what makes him an interesting character, right? And we're just talking from a comic standpoint, right? Forget like taking it apart from the comics and doing a radically different take and all that good shit. But when you're embracing the mythos as much as you are, you know, it is in Gotham City. The you know the the, the Batman mythos it is loosely based on what was provided in the Killing Joke. So like it or not, this is based in the comic mythos. You know. You're, you're gonna garner certain expectations. Yeah, this is in-game. This yes. is As far as we know, this is canon. Yes. And so it's frustrating. Yeah. When you know all well, that Well, not you in know. the sense of, like, the current movie canon. Right, but, right, right, yeah. right. But the universe, But in terms the of DC... playing into the Batman mythos, yes. Where, right. to the point, like you said, where the most interesting parts to me of this movie are the almost kind of, like, a reverse Batman origin story where you're seeing kind of it from the opposite perspective which to me was so goddamn fascinating because we've always seen thomas wayne kind of portrayed as this angelic personality you know going back to linus roach's performance in batman begins where you have thomas wayne as this kindly man who to the point of where he even deflects how actually powerful he is you know just for the sake of making himself look like a more sympathetic figure to his son and to kind of portray gotham as more gray in a way than it really is in this movie like you see thomas wayne as he really is you know kind of reflecting the time of where we're living in now where you see him as kind of this cold soulless politician who's putting on the face you know for the time and see seeing that and seeing his interaction you know with alfred at the gate to the point where seeing alfred probably for the first time ever as a younger man not as a younger man but as an unlikable character he's a straight oh, up right. unlikable yeah, character yeah he's kind of rude yeah but I mean, in in his defense, yeah. he put his hand on a little kid, and Alfred saw it. Yeah, it could have been way well, worse. Well, yeah, for, uh, but again, minutuh of the scene. But yes, you, I know you, you get what I'm talking about. But yeah, like I to understand. the point where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you almost see that scene of like him almost acknowledging Batman as a brother. Where that that's kind of been like a film that's always lingered on my mind of what if these two were actually related, and this movie actually goes to that length and yeah, up yeah, yeah. almost cool little twist for there. a brief second makes you go, oh shit. You almost believe you know, it. It adds a whole new layer to the Batman mythos without even trying. Yeah. And that is freaking brilliant. But I can't give credit because if anything, it happened unintentionally. Because it's, as he stated, time and time again, that is not what Phillips was trying to go for with this movie. Exactly. And so this is what I want to ask you a series of a few questions that okay. I'd love for you to elaborate on it, right? So it seems to me that the scenes that you actually give praise to are the scenes, because there's a lot where there's just Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. But it seems to me that like, the scenes that you sort of enjoyed and felt were pretty top-notch were the scenes where he was acting with other people. 
Well, no, not just with other people. It, it depends on the person. Like, there were a few times right, you know where I'm, I'm like, eh, that doesn't really work. Like, I, I had a little bit of a problem with his monologue to Thomas Wayne in the bathroom because, A, that, I don't believe that was in the script or it wasn't written that way. And, B, it kind of just felt like uh, this is me yeah. just kind of having to screen the theme of the movie rather than... Uh, I didn't like I, that. that. I would explaining. actually say that. You know, I didn't believe that's something that his character would have said, you know, from his his portrayal. And that was regurgitation rather than um, new definitely, information. Rather than something... Yeah. Or when he kills Glenn Fleshler, you know, like, it's a massive scene the way it's built up but again it's just it, it, it felt a little bit out of nowhere in the script but i was okay with it but but watching it on here i was like something about this feels off you know and then he leaves the dwarf alive like i, I was it, it, it's very very confusing to the point where it's like the whole thing of what makes this guy great is because he's so goddamn unpredictable and this movie it's making him predictable, you know, where it's like, yeah, of course he's going to do this. And of course he's going to do that, you know? So what I was trying to get at, but I guess I can't because I, I need to understand what you liked about this movie and why I was trying to, because I was under the impression that it was a little too much of just, of just Joaquin Phoenix and that him alone. Oh no, it not was at a all. Typical trajectory of I'm going to be the loser. I'm going to go around the city. I'm, I'm the weirdo. I'm the freak. People are going to take advantage of me. I'm going to get beat up a bunch of times and then we're going to get to the climax and right. the movie's going to end. And that's not very likable that right. we've seen that before. So I was, I was assuming that like you, you're giving praise to the scenes where there's just other actors because well, that's it, not true it because makes Joker I, that, that, actually the, feel I, like I the Joker. Like, I didn't like how they use Zazie B. The one thing I will say is they changed okay. immensely. Like, that's the thing. Of all the things, I'm very, very shocked. This movie sucked as tight to the script as it did. Like this movie was almost beat for beat exactly how it happened in the script with the sole exception being the Zazie Beats character where they take a radically different approach in the script and I'm not sure which one I liked better because it's just so completely different versus where I read that, that character the character her name is Sophie and again you wouldn't know that because I don't think they say her name once in the movie where the character of Sophie and you read her in this script or at least I read her in the script and you imagine oh my god this is a typical Zazie Beats part and then how well, they that do it cool. and how they did it in the movie it worked and I liked it but I still didn't like their interaction. I didn't buy their their their, their you know their chemistry together, if you even want to call that. And the, I didn't the, buy them as a and, and the way and the way the movie resolves that it makes sense because the whole point is that you know the whole thing was a figment of his imagination. But at the same time, with the way it builds up, like he doesn't have like yeah, he's obviously very mentally impaired and has a giant series of mental illnesses as is explained. But like they don't ex like the whole like him having hallucinations. And, like, him, like, inserting himself into his mother's flesh. Like, like, that part, I'm like, what is this? Those were the parts that felt, like, just very inconsistent. And those were the, to the points where I'm like, Phillips has almost got this. But it just feels like he's just going a tad step too far. Into, and that makes me bet, question, like, whether he actually knows what he's doing. So that goes back to what I was trying to get at earlier when we were talking about, like, the dichotomy of, uh, let's compare um, the Spike Lee movie right, to this the movie. Right thing, yeah even though Do the Right Thing was so fast-paced, like no scene overstayed its welcome, I think that a great example of a scene overstaying its welcome in this film, which happened quite often, but the first one that comes to mind is when the Joker shows up in Sophie's apartment. And she's like, you're, you're, you're Arthur from down the hall, right? And he's like, I had a real bad day. I, I just think like... Oh, wait, you're talking where, where it's revealed that, that, where it's he, revealed. Was yeah, that he was hallucinating. I thought that scene lingered him. on a little too long. I, okay. I, and, and many scenes for that I, see, matter. I, I, I disagree. I don't think that was one of the, that wasn't one of the okay. scenes that bothered me. I like then that scene. Then I guess scene. that's where we disagree yeah. because yeah, all I, those, all the moments that I like, like the scene for it being an interesting catharsis and subverting my expectations in a way that didn't piss me off where I'm like, oh, okay. I'm glad this didn't go in the direction that I thought it did 
because I was very, very unimpressed, like, with where they took the Zazzy Beats character in, in the script. Like, that, to me, was the definition of, like, oh, my God, of course, the most typical misogynistic approach you could go, you know? And I hate using that word, mm -hmm. but, like, I feel like there's no, no other way to describe it. Was. it was. I mean, for me, they, they felt... I just felt like we got a little too much unneeded context towards the end of the scenes where the moment had already happened, but then why are we still here? And that just could be a writing taste for me. Okay. I, I like... I like when uh, you know the moment happens and we cut to the next scene. So you, I like to think on what just happened. I don't need the explanation after the, after the moment. Right. You know, like uh, yes, we know you have a daughter sleeping in the back. Okay. We we know it's an intense moment. Don't explain it to me. That takes me out of right. it. I felt this movie did a lot of that. And that's the thing. I think that scene in particular is one of the more subtle scenes where she's just like, hey, "Look, my kid is you know asleep in the back, whatever." She's like, "I I know you. I know you're from the you're down the hall, whatever, whatever." And in a way, it kind of made me look because one of the problems I had is those scenes with her, and you know when he's first with her, hanging out with her, you know, like he kisses her, and then when she says, "Oh, that guy that killed those guys on the train, he's a hero," you know, those felt so artificial to me. To the point where when it's explained that they are, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then I take a step back and I'm like, but wait a minute, he doesn't have any history of hallucinations, you know? And then they explain his mother did, you know, because his whole thing is his mother was, was mental, you know, had, had some sort of mental illness. But, uh, yeah. I think this movie was, in a sense, easy to get away with some of the problems because... Okay, I can get on board with that. You know I what I mean? I can get on board with that thought process. And I think yeah. that's another problem I have with it. It's like, oh, okay, so you learn about an hour and a half in that he has hallucinations. Right. So it can excuse... So I guess, like, I feel like to the less trained viewer, it makes the movie better because as you get... I feel like, you know, as you get to, like, I the guess, end... Yes, but, it, yeah, again, even you, looking at it this explains from just a simple away entertainment, some of the flaws. Sta entertainment standpoint, like, there's still too many scenes where this just feels like such a long, deliberate drag to a buildup that arguably is like, eh, you know? Right. I just hate when the the whole um, psych ward character and you, you you realize halfway through oh my god this this might not be real but then that I, I don't like excuses in film right. I feel like we've I've said this before in the podcast I feel like we've lost the art of with the Tarantino movie yeah. we talked about that I feel like we've lost the art of classic filmmaking. And a lot of it's just like parlor tricks and, and flash and, right. and all. Well, I mean, in a way, that's and what so, filmmaking has been about. Because if you go all the way back to George Melies, like, yeah, of course, that's what filmmaking started out no, as parlor tricks and, and flash. And, and the great train robbery. So in a way, like that's, people, that's what it's always been. You know, film is always, for the most part, has always been about show, bread, and circus. It's always been that element to it. But, you know, which, of course, like I said, that, that, that always would be like a theory that I would love to bring up. Just be like this idea of, oh, film has always been bread and circus, you know, and kind of like this idea that these auteurs were drawn to it. And kind of, again, we, you know, we make this joke all the time about the, the two critics arguing about the meaning of the tree. And then the artist comes along and is like, I just felt like painting a tree, you know, and that whole thing of like, you know, is there even really any art in movies or, you know, was it all just entertainment to begin with that we just kind of came up with this massive whole thing just because, you know, because we're human beings and we do shit like that. I understand what you're saying. I believe there is art in movies. I oh, I do too, always, 100%. Yeah, I believe that was always the original intent, so that's why it's so discouraging to me when a movie I don't know me, about that for original intent, but I do believe there is art in movies. But original intent, that that's a different discussion right there. I, I, I do believe in that. Based yeah, because off original like, intent, like George Melies, he wanted to put on a show, you know? That was his whole thing. His whole goal was entertain. Charlie Chaplin's whole thing was to entertain. Buster Keaton's there's whole an art thing. To that. There's there is an art, there to, is an art to it, yes, but you know? there is an art to it, yes, but I think in the way that we perceive, like, it, it's different kinds of art, you know? How there, I think this correlates to Joker though however is that I just think that it had a lot of promise and now I think I was I was invested in the first few minutes of the film I was like okay 
I like this. Down on down on your luck character. Let's see how he turns into the monster. Right. That we know. Right. But I just think yeah, it, and it's it, like and it's so it, many shortcomings. Call him a monster at the end. Like no. I didn't get like I'm like yeah he's still like Arthur Fleck you know like I I'm like I was looking for it. I'm like I'm waiting for it. I'm like okay when is he the Joker you know when he stabs Glenn Fleshler I'm like okay now we're now now we're going to you know and then and then he shoots Murray in the face on the live show I'm like yeah here we go and then it's like nope he's still he's still Arthur Fleck. How'd you feel about Murray? He's good. It's a good Robert De Niro performance. I think that, you know, yeah. I, I think that's the, the illusion, the king of comedy there. That worked. You know, where, good... where Robert De Niro goes from the, you know, the obsessed fan to now he's kind of the Jerry Springer-esque part. And I, you know, he, he's fine enough for the job he does. He's a good actor. It's he's a good, good at Robert, taking directions. I think it's a good Robert Yeah, it's De Niro a good Robert De Niro performance. Yeah, he does fine in the role. Um, I think we needed more supporting characters like that to help give it, paint the dichotomy. I, I think if they'd spurse the, the the supporting characters in more so like like in and that's the thing I can't even say that because I liked how they were utilized in the script. The script is written almost the exact same way that you see it in the movie. Where you know I like those long deliberate points with just Arthur, where the characters kind of only come in where the plot calls for it, because it is that type of a movie where the characters would really only interact with this guy if the plot calls for it. You know, fuck, you're right, you're right. But why don't I feel like this was a good movie then? Like why? Why do Execution, we? Why do we? Uh, seeing because reading out something is versus seeing it played out are two different things that we have talked all the time. Is that? And you want to know what makes me even more sad? Is I've said time and time again is that good actors can't save a bad script, but a good script can save a bad movie. I like the script. I thought it was a good, well-written script, and this was not a good movie. I don't think the movie utilized the script well. Yeah, because because I feel like if you yeah. listen and to I this don't review, know if it, yeah, and I don't know if this just comes from the fact of Todd Phillips was not the right person to direct this, or I'm just a fucking idiot and I don't know what a good script is. You no. know, I thought I did, but I like Tarantino's script, but apparently his scripts don't follow any of the conventional script screenwriting rules. You know, where he even said that he writes his scripts more like novels than actual scripts. Then why is he regarded as one of the best writers? You know, and that's why at the end of the day, it all just comes down to entertainment. You know, well, if there's one thing I learned in music school, it's that you learn the rules of songwriting, but then, and then you break them. But then you're encouraged to break them. Yes. But you need to have the foundation. Right. Which goes back to my argument of. I think a lot of these younger filmmakers need to be more into the classics. Right, and I, think and I we're wish this was that. a situation where it was a young filmmaker, but it's not. It's Todd Phillips, who's been around for some odd 20 years now. No, He's I been know. directing movies I since know. the I 90s, was just sort writing of movies since the 90s, and he wrote this with Scott freaking Silver, who is a Hollywood pro when it comes to that for writing. I was painting the character of Chris, okay. the host of the show, okay, by that saying that. Sense. So you can understand, that so that people can understand that like, we've done a few of these more where I'm coming from. Right. And I feel like what I wanted to get back to was, because uh, we're almost towards the end here, but I feel like if you listen to this review up until the last five minutes, you think we kind of like the movie. Yeah. But we think. don't. We really don't. We don't. And I feel like Not we can't all. give a good reason. Like, what What did we say? We felt gross. Yeah. We, we both gross. pretty much said it at the same yeah. time. Like, we just felt gross. We sat yeah. in our chairs. We didn't get up yeah, right away. I just didn't want to move. It, 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 we got a hero's journey. We got a hero's freaking journey to the point of him conquering the dragon at the end, shooting the fucking guy that made fun of him in the goddamn face. And I'm sorry. For a movie that is literally called Joker, it's not even like a thing where he's trying to allude away. It is literally an origin story for the Joker. I'm sorry, not my cup of tea. Not what I want to see. I don't want to see a glorification story for a Joker, especially not in the way that he's characterized. You know? I'm sorry, but it's in the sense of... You know what this felt like? This felt like turning the Sandy Hook fucking shooter, the fucking Columbine shooter, into a motherfucking hero. And making him look like, oh, he's a good person. Oh, because he shot one bad person. You know, meanwhile, he fucking is killed. You know, that's okay for to kill millions of people. It's not, buddy. It's yeah, not. It was gross. Yeah. 
I don't yeah. want to feel that way. I'm sorry. I don't. I get it. Art, you know, subjective. Great. I don't personally just don't want to feel that way. I think there's I a time and place, and I think this was the wrong time and place. You know, this wasn't the right movie to. If that's how you feel, director, that's fine. You're entitled to feel that way, Todd. right? Todd. But Todd. This is the wrong time His and name's place. Todd, too. This is like, the wrong. Yeah, yeah. His name's fucking, fucking Todd. Xander Berkeley, dad from Terminator 2. Okay, Todd. You so, know that shit? You know, like, we don't want you guys. I mean, I don't want you guys. I don't want to speak long. for Dom. I don't want you guys to think that what we said up until now also doesn't have merit because it does. There was a lot of takeaways from this film that were positive. But if you want to watch a movie that you can't quite understand why you don't like it, then this is the movie for you. If you want to be genuinely puzzled, and even yep. after us talking yep. about this film in depth I'll, for the I'll past 45 that. minutes, I agree. We, we, we've come to some conclusions. Yeah. Wait, 35? 45. Okay, good. We've come to some conclusions, but we still can't quite understand yeah. why we don't like it. Yeah. It's very confusing. Crazy. It's very, very confusing. Yeah. But, yeah. so is... I guess kind of to wrap this up, like mm-hmm. let's wrap this Joaquin up now. Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix is really great in it. I liked him. There great were a few points in this movie where I feel like he's kind of going for the whole, oh, just look at how crazy I am. And I don't know whether that comes from him or Phillips's direction, but uh, yeah. Um, do I think he's going to get an Oscar nomination? Honestly, I don't know. I really don't know. Like this, this Oscar, this Oscar season is off to such a weird start. Like at the very least last year, we had a star is born, which even though that movie was like different than your typical breed of Oscars, like I can still see like the beats of like, okay, I can see how this is going to play out for Oscars. Like I just, I genuinely don't know what do they, I mean, I could see him like depending on how the competition stacks up in terms of who he's up against for best actor. Cause I still think it's going to be the same vibe that everybody thinks it is. I hope Adam Sandler gets a nomination, but I, but I, but he's most likely not going to. So we'll see, but yeah. I'll say that Joaquin Phoenix was not really a part of my problems of yeah. this film. He embodied the Joker, I think. For for this this part I thought of the he was Joker's good casting. life, yeah. this is what I would imagine pre-Joker Joker would act like. Yeah. Arthur Joker would act like. Yeah. It was good casting. I don't know. I just felt like the theatrical part of it, maybe, maybe because, like I said, I just I don't find clowns entertaining. You know, I, I like the Joker's act. I like what the Joker usually does, you know, with the laugh and, the, you know, the sarcastic one-liners and like, the creativity, you know? I felt like that was lacking, you know? And instead, he's just yeah. doing these weird dances, you know, showing off how malformed and mangled he looks. You know, he just does that shit, and it's a lot of running and getting hit by things. And I'm like, I'm sorry, like... The, the, the appeal is lost on me. I get it. The whole point is to show is is, is is to be is to find the comedy in just like the the most miserable looking aspects of the human condition. But I'm sorry, that stuff's not funny to me. You know? Yeah, I agree. Hey, can I raise like a little quick like sort of funny point before we head out of here? Sure. And if it's about that fucking sense thing, I swear to God. No, no, no. That's I don't want to spoil anything specific yeah. from the film, uh, specifically like lines from the yeah. film. But uh, there is something funny in there with uh, sense. If you guys pick up on that, I really oh. enjoyed it. It was a, a visual gag. Yes, but Maybe so you laughed uh, twice. Twenty nineteen, man. Twenty nineteen. Our podcast is under ten episodes so far still, but we've already spoke about clowns twice. Yeah. What's up with twenty nineteen and clowns? Know. This is a fucking weird ass year, dude. Clowns it's are a in weird the fucking year. Let me tell you. Year of endings, definitely, but oh man, weird fucking year. This decade, the last year of this decade was defined yeah. by clowns and cinema. <laughs> I mean, I not really, but there, I don't there know is. About that, but, hey man, but... I think having one movie 
that is a huge blockbuster be about clowns right sort of is like a big deal to have two in one year but that's also like a traditionalist that's... blockbuster so even though it has yeah. a clown yeah, in it right. as the villain it's it's about that's about as traditional as i'm you just can not get. on board with the clown shit let's let's get over it okay you know I'm but not, you like it, it too yeah it's okay it was the indiana jones of horror films okay all right so Whatever. Yeah. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Fucking clowns, uh, it's fucking man. clowns, yeah. Fucking clowns. So I guess, like, our rating's out of five, and... Yeah, rating's out of five, and would, yeah, you, so would you, you go you, see you, it you again, you I start. guess? I don't feel like doing it first this time. 1.7. 1.7! I thought that the um, second it was over. I don't know. I want to give this one the benefit of the doubt, and I want to go two and a half, because the, the, you're right, as we've discussed it, there like there there is a lot of fascinating elements of this movie, but for how it's all executed, my God, what a misfire. The what reason it even gets over in misfire. So. I have two reasons for my score. The one comes from Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Yeah. The point seven is De Niro, uh, and just and Joaquin and De Niro. That's it. Great performances. Yeah. So for me, for the reversism on Batman, for Phoenix's performance, and um, good set design. Good set design. Yeah, I'll it say that cool. it's I mean, about it as like faux. Fo- it's about as faux Scorsese. The problem is that for the type, for the I era mean, of Scorsese, for the era of Scorsese's filmography too, that it was going for. If we're getting into like some really nitty gritty for like real film geek stuff, I don't know. There was something about like you know that 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 era is like ripe in like celluloid film. It's like those movies wouldn't work if they're shot on digital. So seeing that type of like atmosphere, what it's trying to go for in a digital sphere, I think that kind of takes away from the allure of it in terms of the tone that it's trying to go for. Yeah, it was clashing, but you know? I did enjoy the cinematography. Oh, the cinematography, yeah. the camera work but itself. But it was clashing. The camera work itself was good, but I also wish that, like, I, I still wish I, got, I really got a sense of the world, you know? Like, I feel like those big, wide, massive shots, there were none of them to be found. It's all quick editing and quick close-ups or medium shots, you Fair know? Enough. And I wanted a little bit of that elegance in it. I agree. Well, Dom, you yeah, know So I go two and a half out of five. Two and a half out of two five. Two and a half out of five. I'm a 1.7. Yep. This was our review of Joker. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Yep. Where can they find us, Dom? We are officially on the social media. We're officially media now. on the social we are media. Officially sphere. on the streaming so services. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Talking TV Podcast. That's T A L K I N, no G. Talking TV Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us under that name on everywhere where you go to listen to podcasts Spotify, iTunes, Anchor. It's also the new stuff. Also, check out my YouTube channel, Movie Nerd Reviews, where I will post the video format of these if you're one of those guys that likes listening to podcasts in the video format as well. Yeah. And I make music. Check out my band, The Stash, if you want. It'll be in the descriptions for the podcast. It'll all, it'll all be there. We and appreciate guys, you guys listening to another one of our creative endeavors. This is cool. I enjoy doing it. Um, we, I look Dom, me and Dom are looking at each other in the eyes. Hell in, yeah. In this First episode. time, too, for the one and, of these uh, things we're recording. It's late. It's a very it's, different kind of experience. It's getting weird, but uh, this is a good episode. Thank hey guys. you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Hey, guys, watch movies. Watch more fucking movies. Stop watching that. Just watch movies.